Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave She and host Brenda She Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Welcome to episode 32 of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, and it's the last week of the month, so you know what that means. Let's go to the movies. To the movies. We're you actually all coming around. <laughs> that turned in, that turned into the monkeys at the end. Yeah, a a where the monkeys. <laughs> we like to monkey around. around. <laughs> they used to play um, on a boomerang. Really? Oh yeah, they did. Um, yeah, we really. Like, I've realized that the two of us have discussed that Let's Go to the Movies happens the last week of the month, but I don't think it's ever actually um, officially happened like that. So just know, last weekend of the month is now um, Let's Go to the Movies. <laughs> yeah, that's... I feel... Okay, come If you pay attention to patterns, like, come wake up, sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know our last one. I don't know when our last one was. We were just like, ah, we have to do a Christmas one. <laughs> I mean, it it ended up coming out the last week of the month instead of Christmas. Oh. Yeah, it did because I was like, it's cr- <laughs> in the in the recording. I'm like, it's Christmas Day, and it's like it's like December thirty. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So just know that was intentional. Maybe got him. Got him. We need a little jingle for it. We need to go commission a jingle for Let's Go to the Movies. Ooh. Yeah. So we're. Do- <laughs> We kind of forgot that we needed to do a let's go to the movies this week. So, like, I'm like, oh, it's my week to research. So I'm, like, researching. And then I was, like, taking a nap. And then Austin messaged me, like, hey, we got to go do the movies. And I was like, what? And then at first we were like, oh, well, we can do that next week. And then we we're like, this comes out a week after we record it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, we have a week. And we're like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, when do we record? Thursday. When's it released? Next week. How many weeks are in a month? <laughs> Too many, but not enough. <laughs> not nearly enough. No. I wonder if we gotta we, we gotta have a month in here of like five Wednesdays, right? There's gotta be, right? That's when I used to get big boy paycheck. Big boy where paycheck. my paycheck at work would be a little bit longer. Or a little it's, bit bigger. Hey everyone, March is March is five Wednesdays, so Big Boy Paycheck. <laughs> You'll get our big boy podcast paycheck. I don't get paid right now at all, so just just know internally at my old job, we would refer to a month with five Wednesdays as big boy paycheck because hey, we would get a big paycheck. Hey, hey, everyone, help me make March Brenda's big boy paycheck. I don't know how we're going to do that. Look, find <laughs> me on the internet. We'll make it happen. 40000 a year, at least. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't really plan any nerd news. I'm not saying we dropped the ball. Yeah, so it's Life just, a lot's been happening. So life just gets away from you sometimes. And you forget about I mean, this morning we've realized John Travolta looks like the cow from that farm movie. (laughs) I think that's newsworthy. Like, what the hell's (laughs) up with that? He looks like like the cow from Barnyard. (laughs) 
<laughs> Just, he looks disturbingly like the cow from Barney. <laughs> it's it's it, uncanny. <laughs> it's honestly like when they have like an animated movie and there's like, like, I feel like it's always like John Goodman's in it and they make like the dog look like John. You're like, the dog is like, you're like, that dog is John Goodman. Why is that dog John Goodman? It's like, <laughs> it's like that uncanny. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, I don't think they did that intentionally. Like, he's not in that movie, right? That's no, not John Travolta. No, that is like, um, here, uh, waffle for a second, let me look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Barnyard is a 2006 animated movie. Oh my god, it's <laughs> Kevin James. <laughs> is that is that Paul Blart himself? Man, remember when Kevin James was on top of the world? Yeah, he was the mall cop. He was in the, the cow from barnyard. From barnyard, uh, he was in um. There's like a like two movies with like him, David Spade, and Chris Rock. What? What? A right? Couple. Yeah. It was uh. I remember because the commercial was like they were like drinking beer or something, and they're like, "Dad, what are you drinking?" And he's like, "Uh, chocolate." And then the kids are like, I want to get chocolate wasted. Like, I, that was, like, the joke from the trailer that everyone really liked. Yeah. And I just remember seeing the trailers, and I was like, man, how did those guys convince Chris Rock to be in the movie with... Like, Chris Rock is way more famous than Kevin James and David Spade. Yeah, like, especially, like, when that movie was coming out, no one liked David Spade. I mean, no. I still feel like no one likes David Spade, which is valid. <laughs> so, like, to I... get Chris Rock in there. How, uh, were they like Chris Rock? What are you up? Like I feel like at that time Chris Rock wasn't up too much. Like even now, like he had done because like he took like a break from comedy. It felt mm-hmm. like and he did like some documentaries for a while because he did that hair documentary that was really good. Yeah. Um, and he'd like be Chris Rock and stuff essentially, but he wasn't like up too much. So maybe they were like, "You're not doing anything. Do you just want a little extra cash?" And he was like. <laughs> Okay. Like, I will I will not reshoot scenes. <laughs> <laughs> you have me for two days. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck figuring that out. Yeah, so that was some nerd news that we discovered sure. that out from Barnyard. It was like John Travolta. Um the only other it was like a slow week for nerd news. Like I guess we figured out that like uh Justice League was gonna be a four hour movie oh instead of a mini series. God. Oh which, my god. Which <sighs> I think was technically like maybe came out like right after we recorded the last episode. But just to sh- let's just let us assure you, like we uh hate it, but we will watch it for you. <laughs> oh my four hours is too long to be drunk, everybody, so I'm gonna need a new tactic. Yeah, like, I, I, at some point I'm going to sober up and just be really sober and, like, <laughs> at that point where I'm like, I'm 30 and I can't keep drinking like this or I'll die. Like, <laughs> You'll be really sober. Your mom's like, what are you doing? I'm still watching Justice League. You're watching Justice League two hours ago. I know. <laughs> I know. This is the new one that's four hours long. <laughs> four hours, everyone, four hours is your day. Like, I yeah. can't, I know... I don't know what human can sit for four hours straight to watch <laughs> <Not> anything. <laughs> so that's like bathroom breaks and like getting a meal because you're going to need a meal in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then you're just eating and sitting and watching Justice League and feeling <laughs> miserable. And <laughs> why? Like, why am I still watching this movie? <laughs> yeah. <can't>... It's like. <laughs> I really can't stress enough, everybody. People are like excite like i uh, just released his cut of the move and like again we've been over it i don't need to belabor that point 
Yeah. Four hours is not a cut from a movie. That is, here's every scene we edited. Yeah, it's like all of the garbage they decided like didn't need to be in the movie to make it like a coherent movie. Yeah. Like, it's already just... not a coherent movie. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> now you're just making it worse by like throwing in this one scene. You're like, wouldn't it be interesting if Darkseid like saw a butterfly? Like... <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be some two minute scene of like Aquaman in a bar. Like the bar scene with Aquaman is going to be like four <laughs> minutes longer than it needs to be. It's going to be like a shot for shot remake of the scene from that one animated Justice League movie. Um, I think it's Throne of Atlantis. Throne of Atlantis opens with Aquaman in a bar and he it's essentially the precursor to the scene in Venom in which uh, Tom, whatever Tom he is, climbs into the lobster tank. Aquaman rescues a lobster from a lobster tank and spends this whole bar brawl with a lobster shoved inside of his shirt. And... You're like the whole fight. You're like, where did the lobster go? Is it just like he gets punched in the chest? And I'm like, did that guy just punch the lobster? <laughs> like, is the lobster just dead? And this is all pointless. And then at the end, like after he's like beating everyone up at the bar, he just throws the lobster back into the ocean. <laughs> that lobster's dead. He knows that, right? Like it's that, lo- dead. That, that lobster's never been in the ocean before. He has no idea what it's gonna do. It's a tank raised lobster. He can't survive. That's like someone like. If you if you were to raise a wolf in captivity, yes. even on a preserve, but in captivity, like it's never been like in the actual harshness of the environment, and someone was like, "I've released you from in captivity. Good luck." That wolf is dead. Like a real yeah. a real wolf is gonna find that wolf and kill it. <laughs> yeah, it's like that wolf's not gonna know like about like social hierarchy, and it's just gonna like beef it like immediately. <laughs> hey guys, we're all friends, and they're gonna like curb stomp it. Like don't yeah. hey. If you ever think, like, I want to save the lobsters from Red Lobster, like, petition Red Lobster or something? Like, don't, like, break don't break them out. They're just gonna die. Yeah, but also, lobster's tasty. <laughs> <laughs> think about that. Just, just saying, everybody. Listen. 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 Lobster's tasty. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want a scene... So there's a scene in the Harley Quinn show with Aquaman where... She tricks him into breaking up in a giant, like, aquarium tank. Mm-hmm. And then, Aqua- like, comically stops fighting and starts trying to save all the fish. Because, like, you hear Aquaman's thoughts, and all the fish are screaming for him to save them. Oh. <laughs> and Harley Quinn's like, uh, you know, there's a there's a pool up the road at the Y. I don't want him to die. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just throw a bunch of saltwater fish in fresh chlorine water, Harley. God. <laughs> It's, like, really, that show's, like, really goofy, because it, like, immediately the fight stops, and he's like, I gotta get these fish, and she's like, I'm sorry, I, didn't, I don't want the fish, and she, like, starts helping him get the fish. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I just didn't want you to punch me, but now I feel bad. Now I feel bad about these fish, and we gotta save these fish, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> I guess movie's gonna be four hours. Oh, it's gonna be so long. You know what movie's not going to be four hours? Many of them. (laughs) Most every other movie. Um, Yesterday, Crunchyroll announced that in Japan, the upcoming Conan movie, um, Scarlet Bullet, is going to have what is essentially a theatrical clip show released before the movie. That's amazing. Yeah, it's wild to try to just be like, all right, you really need to know this information before you go see this movie. Like, if you haven't been watching, you don't know who these people in this movie are. So, like, 
we'll help you out a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's so I've watched a few Kona movies with uh Brenda and some of our other friends over Discord and <laughs> it's not it's not unhelpful cuz I I am also starting to watch the Conan series but I am like very behind but I still want to hang out. And so <laughs> it's helpful when you guys like tell me who people are but I wouldn't hate a clip show. I think it's amazing that they're like we've been on for like ever so we should probably just start like preambling people when they come in. <laughs> Yeah, they started doing that with, like, the movies where they would just, like, kind of, like, explain the basic premise. And then, like, for certain characters where their backstory is a little wonky, um, they would be like, okay, well, this is, like, this character and, like, this is what their deal is. So now you've got it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Which is super helpful, especially, I think, I think the one that we watched, which um, we're going to talk about later. Um, <laughs> um, it was really helpful to kind of know, like, what i hibaro's backstory is because she like conan was like an adult and or teen she's a teen she's 17 um and was shrunk into so you like you gotta know that so you understand like why she's being so critical it's like what is this child doing like being like really pessimistic man she's a a shitty teen i think we gotta talk (laughs) about it now because all i can think about is how like they fucking die in that movie (laughs) that movie all right everyone so we're gonna go with this one um (laughs) Our first movie of the day. (laughs) Our first movie of the day is Phantom of Baker Street, which is the... I didn't look up what number it is. Let's say it's the sixth movie. (laughs) Sure. Hey, who's gonna... Literally the only person that'll try and correct you is Dante, so... Yeah, no one's one's seen this movie. I think the only person, people who have seen this movie that I know of have seen it with me in Discord and we were all drinking. Um, So yeah, Phantom of Baker Street is the... I'm looking it up now. Don't, you don't need Dante in your DMs like, Brenda, what the fuck were you, what, uh, what are you talking about? Brenda, you failed. <laughs> I think it's the sixth one. It is. It, All right. Got him. Uh, it's, uh, please imagine, a Detective Conan movie mixed with Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase. That's what this movie is. It is, but it's a little, it's a little, it's like a little bit dark in Scooby-Doo Cyber Chase. Oh, it's definitely, like, you see uh, kids <laughs> maybe almost die. <laughs> A lot. So, okay, uh, I'm sure Brenda will go back to something. So anyway, everyone, the most important part of this movie to me, at some point they get trapped in the (laughs) fucking Matrix digital world. Yes. But they explain this, like, weird VR thing they're in. It's like, you can feel everything. And one of the kids gets shot and dies. Yes. And, like, when you die in the game, you die in real life, maybe? (laughs) Almost, if like, okay, so let's rewind a little bit. Just I so. just can't get over that kid knows what it's like to get shot. I know. <laughs> he it, does not react properly. <laughs> no, he's just like, he's just oh, like, oh, oh, I've oh, been man. shot and then I dissolved. lost. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, really quick, the premise of Conan is that a 17-year-old teen detective, Shinichi Kudo, gets uh Hit in the head with a baseball bat and shrunk down. He gets the bonk, as we refer to it, and gets shrunk down into the body of a seven-year-old, and he has to uh, solve the mystery of who who done did it to him and return to his um, 17-year-old teen body. (laughs) That's what Conan's about. Has has Um, no one aged? Are they doing the, like, nobody ages rules? Yeah, here's what's wild about that, because this, this series started in 1994, so there's, like, no cell phones. 
There's at one point the professor character buys what in 1994 was a brand new Volkswagen Beetle. And then later on in the series, like, because no time has progressed, it's like maybe a couple months has, have passed. So like now we're in 2022, 2021, sorry. And everyone's like making fun of like the professor's Beetle and how old it is. But like, we Wait. saw him in the series buy it new, and it was a new car. And now they're like, Professor, your car's like really old. And in their time, it's been a couple months, but there's cell phones, there's tablets, there's flat screen That's, TVs now. I don't know what it is. Like, so American comics do this too, because Conan's mm-hmm. also a manga series. Like, comics compress time because they want to use Peter Parker and Bruce Wayne until like the heat death of the universe. That's fine. Yes. It's make-believe. Yeah. I don't care. It's all make-believe. But when it's like, like Conan is like, like there's not a poison that turns you into a kid, but everything else is pretty, gra- they try and feel grounded, so it feels weirder. Yeah, and like the show plays on that, like, you know, the characters don't initially figure out like what happened to Conan because like that can't happen in this world. You know, they're like, like Ron, um... Mm-hmm. Uh, Shinichi's childhood friend she doesn't know but there's a couple times where she's just like I really fucking think this kid is Shinichi (laughs) I just I can't but like that can't happen and then she's just like but (laughs) she's like in her bed at like two in the morning like I mean it can't be him and she lays down opens one eye unless (laughs) unless he was shrunk down to the body of a seven year old (laughs) and then she's like no that no, that can't happen. And then she just drops it. <laughs> and like every so often she'll get suspicious again and you'll just see her like she'll squint at Conan and be like, <laughs> I'm figuring it out. That doesn't happen in this movie. No, this does not happen in this movie. What happens in this movie is that um, Conan and his actual kid friends and I, who, as we've described earlier, is a um, also a teen. Very mean teenager. God, I love her. She's she's just so pessimistic and this cynical. Is, so Conan is good at pretending to be a kid. I is not. Yes. I is like I, doesn't I don't try. She's like I don't care. I has no reason to try. <laughs> like she's just like Conan will be like, oh hey, like what is this thing over here? And even like his actual kid friends who are real seven year olds are like, Conan, you gotta stop acting like a baby. Like it's a it's a fucking cell phone, Conan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like please stop acting like a baby but i just doesn't even try to pretend to be a kid she does like once or twice it's always very jarring um i feel like there's a scene like conan will try and cover for her like she'll be like (laughs) she'll be like i want a fucking cigarette and conan will like be like oh i think what she meant to say is a cookie (laughs) and she's like like, no i want a fucking cigarette (laughs) you're insufferable (laughs) like her first appearance she like picks up a gun she's got a handgun <laughs> and she shoots it and then like the inspector is just like what were you thinking and she just starts crying she's like i didn't i didn't know what <laughs> it's, yeah i love she's one of my favorite characters i just love her so much you meet uh you know me for me i met because again i'm i haven't seen all of conan but and i met his dad his dad shows up in this film his his real dad <laughs> his, his dad's tie like bow tie is like tied wrong this whole movie <laughs> his dad is a fucking mess anyway back to back to conan's dad his dad in like works on this computer game it's like this ai 
computer game where like you, you climb in this like little egg a like virtual reality egg machine and you're just like in the game so like conan's dad who is a uh, mystery writer uh, worked on the sherlock holmes chunk of this game mm-hmm. this is important for later <laughs> so anyway the kids get invited to like the the gala opening of this game there's like these really shitty rich kids that like really suck they're playing um, soccer at the gala for some reason yeah. They're, like, kicking a soccer ball around, and they, like, kick it into this, like, expensive statue, and there's, like, no repercussions for these really shitty kids. They're just, like, mm-hmm, we're rich, and yeah. you're not. <laughs> it's, like, they're awful. Yeah, because um, Conan and his friends are not rich. They are there. Well, Conan's well, rich. <laughs> Conan's rich. Do, do his friends know that he's rich? No, because... Uh, Conan doesn't live, like, in Shinichi's house, but, like, Shinichi lives in a mansion, like, because both his dad and his mom are really famous. Yeah. Uh, but Conan lives with Ron, his childhood, Shinichi's childhood friend, and um, they never have any money. <laughs> so, yeah, Man, kids don't he know. He can't help him out. He can't... <laughs> his can't, parents can't... send money <laughs> to, so they can take care of him. Could, could be it, helping the homies out, Conan, just saying... Yeah, his parents do send Maury, like, Ron's dad money mm-hmm. so they t- so, to take care of him. Because, like, at one point, quote-unquote, Conan's parents show up and um, are like, yeah, please continue to take care of our uh, kid. Uh, we're busy. And then they <laughs> just fuck off and send money. Maury's yeah, just the, like, the, okay, cool. You know, those kids are like, we can tell that you're not rich because you're not being an asshole. Yeah, they've got, like, they're, like, part of, like, these, like, really old, prestigious families. They're, like, we're going to inherit the the family, the company. So what happens is this AI takes over the, like, all the kids, like, have these little badges. They get into the little virtual reality eggs. They're, like, you get to be in the machine and, like, pick what level you want to go to. And, like, also, you feel pain. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the kicker is, like... It's like you feel every sensation in the game, including pain. Wait, <laughs> couldn't you have not programmed that? Like, that's the that's the weird thing, right? I'm like, if we get to super realistic VR one day, couldn't we all agree, like, I don't need to feel pain? Even when, like, virtual reality people are like, and then eventually you'll be able to smell it. And I'm like, I don't want to smell things that are bad. Like, Yeah, I just, I, I just, listen, I'm gonna be real. I just want to feel like I'm Spider-Man. That's, like, literally all I want from VR. And then I'm yeah. out. <laughs> I don't need to smell um, New York City garbage because no. I'm Spider-Man. Like, I, I just, you know. Just want to feel like I'm Spider-Man for, like, probably, like, ten minutes before I start to dissociate. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm good. <laughs> but, yeah, so this is, like, they're in these little, all these kids are, like, in these eggs. So it's, like, Conan, the kids, Ron... And um, the shitty rich kids and a bunch of other kids. So they're like mm. all in this machine. Then this AI of like, that's like this AI of the kid who like initially invented this is this whole thing. There's a second plot happening in this movie that's <laughs> not quite as important as the fact that the kids are trapped in a virtual And it's pretty hard world. to follow. It's like, cause there's like, cause all the adults are outside the virtual reality world trying to figure out the AI and who done it essentially. Um, I'm be real. I like completely like tuned out whenever they were like, and here's Conan's dad talking in a room. <laughs> yeah, he just stands there. Conan's dad also, whenever he's like faced with like little Conan, just ignores him. Usually, he's just like, <laughs> just... I'm going to just pretend I don't know what's happening because he does know. 
the truth. He's like, I'm just going to pretend I don't know what happened and I'm just not going to acknowledge you. Whereas his mom, who is kind of in this movie but isn't really in this movie, um, will like just is really having a good time that she can like pick him up and hold him again. <laughs> I feel like his dad like look he they do like a fucking JoJo stand at each other like they both just look at each other and then sometimes they'll show like Shinichi shadow behind Conan yeah. and they'll they'll do like the bro nod and then they'll like go their separate ways. Yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> And there's, like, internal monologue as if they're talking. Like, they do the thing where, like, they're thinking and they know exactly what the other one's saying. So they think they're, like, it's like they're talking. But they're not talking they're to not each talking other. They're not talking at all. They're just staring at each bit. other. That's the relationship they have. <laughs> yeah, so, like, this whole the, this whole movie, like, Shinichi's dad is, like, trying to solve a separate mystery. The details of which I've forgotten, but it involves, like, this young programmer who died and is now the AI that has trapped the kids inside of the virtual reality world um and it becomes a if you die in the game you die for real type situation very quickly like uh, almost immediately yeah like the ai is like hey like if um if none of these kids can like beat this game then they just all are dead like so the stakes are pretty high and so what happens is like when you get Honestly, you get, like, bonks in the game at all. You die? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, one kid gets hit with a, like, a wine bottle. One kid gets shot. Like... I guess a I, wine bottle would hurt if you're a kid. I don't think it would kill you instantly. Uh, maybe if you're a kid? I don't know. But, yeah. Hey, Mythbusters. <laughs> hey, Mythbusters. I need, I need you to bust a myth for me. <laughs> Adam Savage, what are you up to in the pandemic? Could you test out smashing a wine bottle <laughs> and the average rate of pressure needed to instantly kill someone? Kill a child. Like, <laughs> someone gets shot. I think Ron gets thrown off of a train. Yeah, she does. And she yeah. uh, dies from shock because she di- She doesn't hit the ground. Yeah. She just, she dies. <laughs> it's, it's like very dramatic once you realize like they can die because they'll go back to the real world and their little egg things just get, like, sucked back and They, like, go into the stage they're on. Like, they're like, well, they died. And all of the and parents are just, like, watching. <laughs> but there's nothing that the parents can do. Because, like, if they touch the egg, like, it's, like, electrified so that they get shocked. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, all of the parents of these kids are sitting in the audience just being like, oh, there goes my kid. <laughs> ah. Having a crisis, which is understandable. I will never get over it. Like, uh, one of, cause one of Conan's friends is a person who gets shot. And I'm like, everything that happens after this movie in the back of his head is running. I know what it feels like to get shot and die. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, these kids have been through a lot. Like, can we please, please? I just feel like it's very irresponsible to have them anywhere near Conan. <laughs> Ron has fallen off of a lot of things. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> she gets thrown off a boat twice. She gets thrown oh my off god! A yes, the boat. In one movie, Ron falls o- gets thrown over the side of a boat, and she's drowning for like too long. Yeah, the whole she... climax of the movie is them trying to find her in the ocean. It's pretty ridiculous. It's like ridiculously bad, everyone, because so she has a knife fight with a serial killer alone. Um, yeah, on alone this boat. They then find the serial killer later, and, like, they catch him, and he he's arrested, and they're like, we've done it. All of us here, together. Everyone of importance is in this room. Even, like, because, like, Conan's there. Because Conan always finds a way to, like, 
be involved with whatever crime's going on. This is like and a eventually- very serious military crime, and like Conan's there. Eventually, the adults just get over it. Yeah, <laughs> they just they like just really accept they just it. like stop trying to get him out of the room. But then, like Conan's there, all the real kids are there. Like everyone, like Ron's friend is there. Um, Ron's dad is not there because he gets knocked out, and they leave him in a room alone. I guess. Yeah, he's um, asleep this whole time. <laughs> like, everyone's there but Ron. And it's been... Because that happens and the sun is up. And they find her at sunset. Like, they're like, at sunset we're giving up because she's in the ocean. She's dead. Um, she's and drowning I'm, that whole time. I'm thinking, I'm like, she's been in the water for, I would estimate, two and a half hours from the position of the sun. She's already dead. She got thrown yeah. off a boat two and a half hours ago. I'd be shocked if she didn't hit the water and dr- like, what are you talking about? Anyway, she was fine. She has the she stamina fine. of a like fucking long distance runner, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I don't know she does karate, but I don't think that translates to swimming for <laughs> hours in the ocean. <laughs> in the freezing cold ocean, like that water's cold. Yeah, it's like God, but it takes them a stupid amount of time to realize she's missing, and it's like. Hey, wait, there's another one where she gets, like, locked in a, in a box. Like, this one's also on a boat. She gets locked inside of a box, and, like, everyone's like, where is Ron? Where'd she go? Eh. She's in a box! She's dying! <laughs> She's gotta stop getting on boats. I know. Boats are dangerous. Everyone, don't go on boats, please. Um, yeah, I, this movie, uh, the one we're actually talking about, the, yeah. I forget the name of it already, um... Baker Street has the most important character, which is Gay Jack the Ripper. Gay Jack the Ripper, what a treasure <laughs> that we don't deserve. <laughs> so the plot, like, there's like Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase. There's multiple level levels, levels, <laughs> levels that the kids can choose from. There's like a Viking level. There's a uh, Mad Max Street Fury Street Racing level. There's like a something else jungle maybe that could just be (laughs) but anyway there's all these very action-packed levels and then there's london jack the ripper is here so anyway that's the one that conan picks yeah of course it's really the the biggest disbelief you have to suspend in this movie everyone is throughout the film conan is like interviewing people to try and learn about more about jack the ripper in the Jack the Ripper case, and I'm like, you're not gonna tell me that this fucking detective nerd doesn't know every single detail. You're not gonna tell me that Conan, in his <laughs> real life, didn't already solve the Jack the Ripper case. Like, I'm not gonna believe you. That's yeah, preposterous. He like, he doesn't need to be talking to these people. He's, like, interviewing people just like a normal case, but he's in old-timey London. Yeah, and he's like, oh, wh- when was the last murder? I'm like, you, he fucking knows that. I don't wanna hear it. You fucking know. And it's like, it's all supposedly accurate because Shinichi's dad worked on it so yeah Ugh. it was it's, but yeah that's the biggest like okay I can take you die in the game you die in your life but really he doesn't know the Jack the Ripper case by heart yeah you were like screaming about <laughs> so watching. mad he, at one point he like asked what year it is I'm like he knows what year it is <laughs> he knows like just by looking at like the style of building what fucking year it is jesus like this is the same kid like in one case he's like ah i saw a dirty thumbprint on the door handle so i knew it had to be your cousin's brother's ex-wife's sister because (laughs) two months ago i saw her gardening roses 
when she got done guarding the roses, I realized she wasn't wearing gloves. <laughs> like that, that's the kind of shit he does. So like, yeah, I'm not. I don't want to fucking hear that he hasn't already solved Jack. Like that he wasn't at home one day. Like I'm gonna solve Jack the Ripper and like spend his whole day researching and is like got it. Yeah, he knows. So they like go through London. They meet like uh, Moriarty and like his goons. There's a monkey in this movie at one point. He doesn't do anything, but he's in the movie. I just wanted to let everyone know. <laughs> One by one, the kids, the kids fall by, um, and then we encounter Jack the Ripper. Um, Austin, would you like to describe Jack the Ripper? Uh, so I'm gonna be real, everyone. I was pretty drunk when we watched this movie. Um, what I remember is you meet Jack. They're like on a like. I don't know if I missed something. They like get on a train at some point. Yeah, and there are a bunch of people. And They're all Conan, sitting there. How did they get there? I also don't know. <laughs> um, and Conan introduces, like, someone as Jack the Ripper on the train. Uh, Jack the Ripper turns out to be this, like, Victorian woman. That's not Victorian era. What era of fucking England is it? Sherlock Holmes era London. Sherlock Holmes era <laughs> London. Um, and so the first thing you meet Jack the Ripper, it is, like, a woman. And you're like, oh, okay, gay Jack the Ripper, got it. Gay Jack the Ripper is such, like, a genderqueer gift. <laughs> That's what I, that's, that, from what I remember, that's pretty much how it goes down. Yeah, it really does. And then it's like, Jack Ripper has these, like, big long nails, and it's like, all this red hair, and like, this beautiful eye makeup, and lipstick, and fishnets, and it's like, not, not, uh, period accurate. No, not even a little bit. It's such a gift, because you absolutely don't expect it. Did, and then, wait, did, did Conan Sat want to fuck Jack the Ripper? Maybe because <laughs> Conan's dad had the design. Like I can just imagine him talking to like the like the designers of this game and just being like, okay, yeah. So for like Jack the Ripper, like uh, uh, like fishnets, and and someone's like, I don't, I don't know if that's like period accurate. And like his dad's just like, yeah, it is. Just, just trust me. Just don't worry about it. I only think of it because so you kind of Conan's mom's kind of in the movie, like Brenda said, she is in the gate, like. His dad puts her in the game as a different character, but it's just Conan's mom. Yeah, it's, um, oh god, it's a Sherlock Holmes character. Who is she? It's, uh, Irene mm. Ad- Adler, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. And so, so, and then, like, <laughs> Shinichi's dad is in there as Sherlock Holmes, so it's like, okay, alright, I get it. <laughs> I love that the only not accurate things is are his offer inserts. Yeah! <laughs> Like, everything else is supposedly, like, how it would have been, right? Except, like, I'm Sherlock Holmes now, deal fit. Yeah, he's like, I'm Sherlock Holmes, and my wife is Irene, and don't question it. <laughs> anyway, think of it because his wife has red hair, and I'm like, he might want to fuck, he might, he might want to fuck on some Jack the Ripper, I'm just saying. Well, I just think Shinichi's dad likes bad boys, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, everyone dies except Conan and this one rich kid. Yeah, and then the rich kid turns out to be the AI. Yeah. <laughs> wow, the, so th- that the stupid real... kid learns nothing because it wasn't him. Yeah, that real rich kid wakes up and he's like, so when does it start? And I'm like, yeah, he, he that learns may nothing. have been worse because he got put in a, like, they get put like in a comatose state when they're in the egg thing. Yeah. So I'm like, what would, if all those kids died, he doesn't get to die. He's just in a comatose state forever. Forever. Yeah. Well, I think, like, because at the end, if, like, no one had won the thing, just, like, all of 
the kids and all the eggs would have just died like for real yeah they were gonna like so, be electrocuted or so, like the ai announces yeah. how it plans to kill the kids essentially he's it's like, like i'm gonna kill everyone <laughs> all right bye <laughs> And it, it's what the other reason I was screaming during this movie, everyone, is like it starts and they're like having their kids get into these experimental like this is like never been used before. And they're like, all right, let's have like 200 kids come tested at the same time. What could go wrong? Yeah, it's like this big gala ball and like it's never been tested. And the programmer is, has died. And it's like this whole it's wild. And yeah, what could have possibly gone wrong? Maybe not what actually went wrong. But yeah, I guess to be fair, I guess I wouldn't put that on like the menu, but it's like, so to get in the thing. Yeah. And then the thing locks and they go into a coma. Yeah. No, we're not going to be doing that. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) all right. The coma part seems unsafe. How about we don't? And then like uh, add that in with like, and then you feel actual pain and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So like you have to imagine like in the other levels, like in like the, the, um, Fast and the Furious, Mad Max, whatever level, like, s- some kids got into major car accidents and then, like, uh, maybe in the jungle level if there was one. I don't know if there actually was. Someone th- got eaten by a jaguar. I feel like there was, like, like, a fantasy level or something. Maybe. Like, someone, like got, trying- someone got, like, smooshed by a dragon, for sure. Oh, for sh- sure, yeah. Um, And then, like, what was the other? I'm, like, trying to separate, like, uh, the levels in Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase from the levels in this movie and I feel like I'm failing. Which Scooby-Doo <laughs> Cyber Chase level would you go to, Brenda? Oh, let's see. Because Scooby-Doo Cyber Chase had, like, Japan, Rome. Fan- there was a fantasy one in the montage. And there was the theme park. Yeah. And then the Arctic. Yeah. And then the moon. There were a lot of levels. There are a lot of levels. Cyber Chase. Um, I don't know which one. Uh, if there weren't, like, monsters running around the theme park, maybe I would want. But that's the whole point of the level. So maybe not that one. Huh. Which one would you go to? I So I think the one that would be the most fun would be Japan, but I think the one I could actually succeed, like the one that would be my like level I help the group succeed in is the fantasy one. Yeah, that would be, yeah. I think for me it's got to be the theme park because like it's got all these classic Scooby-Doo villains in it and like I know Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. I know how to take down, what is it, Charlie the Robot? <laughs> I don't know if he was in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he counts. They get really obscure with some of the monsters in that final scene. Like, there's some that are from, like, really offbeat Scooby-Doo episodes. Yeah, deep cut. Like, it's just some weird ones. This is for the real fans. Yeah, it's like, you've been watching Scooby-Doo your whole life, Brenda. Yes, I have. <laughs> this, this obscure villain's for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's that's Jagak the Ripper. Yeah, Jagak the Ripper. There's, like, a scene in this movie where, like, Conan's in Sherlock Holmes' house, and, like, Shinichi fucking loves Sherlock Holmes. It's an obsession. So, like, he's in his house, and he's just like, I gotta go sit in the chair and do the thing. So he, like, sits in Sherlock's chair. He's, like, got his, like, hands up to his mouth and his, like, knees up to his chest. He's I... in this, this big chair, and he's so little. I cry. I laugh so hard, everyone. I dropped my phone and cried. And then I demanded that someone rewind the movie so I could take a screenshot. I just wasn't, I just wasn't ready. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that to happen. (laughs) I lost it. I'd seen it before and I, I wasn't ready. Like, just, you're not prepared for this movie. Um, I think this might be my favorite Conan movie. 
I oh. think. Oh, oh, oh. I think it's like the most accessible one because I think you we've watched two Conan movies together, I think, yes. right? Just two? Yeah. Yeah, so we watched this one, which is very good. And then we watched the boat one, which is very bad. So <laughs> um I think this one's like the easiest one to kind of jump into if you haven't watched the rest of the series because it's like not doesn't really involve too many characters it doesn't involve like the organization shinichi's fighting so you don't need to know like about them it's like more sci-fi based it's um got a little bit of mystery but like not too much it explains like what like the one character that needs an explanation like pretty easily it's i think it's super accessible and it's like paced really well and it's really fun Mm -hmm. and i think it might be my favorite one (laughs) there you have it everyone yeah brenda's favorite conan movie um, our There's other movie. Twenty three oh. of them, by the way. 20. Our <laughs> our other movie um today is another historic movie. Uh, not as historic as Brenda's favorite Kona movie. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty big. That's like, hey, that is time stamped. Everyone at like forty one oh ten or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's Disney Pixar's first film with a black lead soul. Yeah. So let me. Get a little more serious. Just woo, woo. Yeah, Soul came out on Christmas, and before we were recording, we were talking about how wild it was that they released this movie about death on Christmas. Yeah, I don't um, know. Was it originally scheduled for Christmas? Do you remember? Yeah, it was not originally scheduled for Christmas. Okay, I don't, so I don't think, think it think was. It's, yeah, I don't think it's particularly anyone's like fault. It wasn't intentional to have it be like a Christmas blockbuster. Um, you know, so I think it was just the only movie Disney had to try to compete with HBO Max because HBO Max released Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas as well. Um, which was which <laughs> originally we were going to we try to talk about Wonder Woman 1984 and Soul together, but like you know, Wonder Woman 1984 was just bad, and that's really it's, all I have to say about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't. Hey, if someone wants to pay us like forty bucks to talk about why it's bad, we'll do it. <laughs> but yeah like give me 40 bucks please um but and i will talk about how bad it is 40 minutes um yeah so soul it did premiere at the london film festival in october of last year october 2020 um Mm -hmm. is where it premiered um it was gonna come out here as a theatrical release they released it on disney plus on christmas and in the in countries where theaters are open during this pandemic it came out uh if they didn't have disney plus so, I don't know what countries those are that don't have Disney Plus and theaters are open. But if it's one, of, if you were in one of those countries, it came out in theaters. If you're one of those countries where you can go places, yeah. How is that? How's how are you how are you doing, everyone who can go places? How is it? <laughs> have you hugged a friend? Have you cherished every single moment of it? Um, <laughs> it was directed by Pete Doctor and co-directed by Kemp Powers. Uh, it stars, it's animated to so the voices of Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, <laughs> Rachel House, uh, Alice Barga, Richard uh, Ionde, Felicia Richard, uh, Donald Rawlings, Questlove, and Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. Uh, it follows a middle school teacher, who is Jamie Foxx, uh, as the voice for Joe Gardner, who seeks to reunite his soul with his body. After they are accidentally set, they are not accidentally separated. Hey, soul synopsis, it's not that anyway. 
Um, it's not an accident. He falls down a hole. Just before his big break as a jazz musician. Uh, yeah, so it starts out, and this guy is... He's a middle school teach. It's pretty classic, I feel like, if you know any story that's, like, artist story, where they're, like, they have a passion for an art, but instead they're, like, a teacher at a school that's quote-unquote run down, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. they need a steady gig, and they hate it, or they, like, it's weird because he clearly loves it, you know? Yeah, like, there's that one student, he, and she's, like, a trombone. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she's a trombone! <laughs> so he has one student that's a tr- So, you know, uh, one student is a trombone, and that's pretty fucking wild, and that has not, that's not what the movie's about. It's She's just a trombone, and we move on. She just is. Don't question it. It's fine. No, she's just, like, very talented at the trombone. Mm-hmm. She's really good. She does, like, a little solo. She's, like, very passionate about it and very talented. So, like, mm-hmm. he's good at his job and you like find out like later that like he has students who are like very inspired by him yeah so So the whole big plot point of the movie is he gets uh he gets like a big break um he wants to get into jazz and there's i forget the name of the character but there's like a a jazz uh saxophone and singer coming into the town that he Mm -hmm. lives in and one of his old students is her is the drummer for her and he's like hey i got you an audition and even later on when he, like, he hijinks ensue and he messes up, um, he's like, hey, you're the reason I got into jazz, so I put on a word for you. You're going to get one more shot. Uh, and so he clearly, like, inspires a lot of kids to go out and, like, pursue this dream, um, mm-hmm. which is, like, you know, there is merit in that. Um, I've met a lot of people. I had a partner once who, like, I remember... Uh, she was really mad because her brother was like, he was like a genius when it came to math and physics. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, got it, like, no problem. And she was like, livid when she found out he wanted to go to school to like, become a teacher, to like, teach other kids. And I was like, I mean, but if he's like, super good at it, wouldn't he be like, the best teacher? Like, he's gonna like, teach the next rocket scientist or something. Yeah, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. Um... But there's, there's like a weird, because it's like, as a viewer, you can tell that he clearly loves when he gets students that are like in love with like music and I mean, specifically jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, But then like throughout the movie, he is like, man, fuck being a teacher. Yeah. It's like, it, it's it, I have feelings that I can't articulate. <laughs> I believe in you, Brenda. We're all here for you. Oh, I was just thinking about how like. Because I rewatched this last night. Because when I first watched it, it was just on on during Christmas. Mm-hmm. So like I watched it, but I was like also just like eating chocolate and biscuits and um, sitting in a chair half asleep. So mm-hmm. I made sure to rewatch it last night so I could more accurately talk about it. But it seems as though maybe he could balance being a teacher and being a jazz musician right. at the same time. It's because he's not like a teacher that has to like grade fifty tests. He's a music teacher, so he just has to like come up with I'm, I'm not saying it's easy but like you have to like come up with like compositions and like what everyone's going to work on and like mm-hmm. work with your students it's a different kind of work to like a other sorts of teachers right um like i imagine I, I, yeah I, I imagine um probably his biggest work is like making sure that the students progress because like superintendents and stuff will be like well if no one's doing good then what you know like that that's yeah i don't know any music or art teachers but i'm sure that's the kind of like pressure they have is like proving that they should get the kids to instruments or whatever 
Yeah, it's like constantly because um, I was in marching band. Mm-hmm. I played the trombone. Um, you were a trombone. So like, <laughs> I was a trombone. So like seeing this character play this trombone, I can feel it. Like because like even if you have like that slide like really oiled up, there's a feel to it. Mm-hmm. Like like um, and then just like a the trombone might be the greatest instrument. I'm just saying it's well, like we got we got two greats from Brenda this episode, everybody. <laughs> You can just do so many cool things with the slide that you can't just do with buttons. Like, you can do some pretty cool stuff with buttons, but, like, that slide just, like, you can do, like, glisses and, like, all that shit. It's just, like, incredibly powerful, really cool instrument, and nobody ever wanted to play it when I was in school, so I was the only person who was... <laughs> We're gonna have fucking, like, saxophone and uh, trumpet players, like, all up after. What do, you, what do you... What do you got? You got something against buttons, I hear. I don't have anything against buttons. I'm just very bitter that trumpets and saxophones always get, or like clarinets. Always get. <laughs> oh God, now we're going after Squidward tentacles himself. <laughs> I'm coming for your clarinets, Squidward. <laughs> they always get the solos, but like the trombone is really fucking cool. Give the trombone a solo. We're always the backup. Like what the hell? Anyway, that yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. What was I talking about? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was in marching band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was in marching band, and, like, it's always, unlike, like, maybe other teachers, you don't have to prove to the, the school that, like, math is... Math? <laughs> you def- yeah, math is, like, important to keep around. Like, I went to, like, a school in, like, an affluent area, because mm-hmm. we're it's i've mentioned this before it's around a lake yeah. people have a lot of money around that stupid lake um so like you would think that like our marching band and our arts programs would have been like funded <laughs> no this is america <laughs> <laughs> so like it was like a constant struggle to make sure there was enough instruments and enough supplies for everyone and we kept having to like go bigger 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 to like mm-hmm. proof that like we needed to be in the school mm-hmm. because like it constantly we're at like risk of just being cut entirely right or like having to share instruments gross oh, <laughs> like God. gross and and so uh, i feel like it's a big credit to him in this film because like in the film you meet him and he is clear he's like a he's like a freelance teacher like a part-time teacher mm-hmm. um and the principal like someone in charge of the school is like hey i have good news we can give you a full-time job with benefits and like retire like the you know like the the dream <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, quote unquote the dream yeah quote unquote like that's like a big and for like an arts program like most i can almost promise most arts program have maybe one full-time teacher maybe mm-hmm. they yeah. at universities i think i know like six adjunct professors because universities are like yeah absolutely not yeah they just all the professors are like part-time yeah uh being a full-time professor is pretty rare and even for schools like i i see like i know like three part-time teachers like it's and you're like well but they're there all week yeah they are yep (laughs) i don't i don't yeah they should just be full-time but like they're not because this is america yeah so um and usually what that means is like they don't uh for like teacher development days and stuff they don't have to go they can because it's free ces and they need them to keep their license but they don't have to go, and so the school's like, well, you're not full-time, because it's not mandated for you to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, back to Seoul. Um, 
And so the the whole this whole like you know opening happens, and then he dies. <laughs> yeah, there's like a montage where he like almost dies, and it's like got this really jaunty music, and like the whole time I'm just like, this is a lot. Yeah, for me to handle right now. Like he almost like gets hit by some bricks. He almost um, slips on a banana peel. Almost gets hit by a car, and then he falls down a manhole and dies. And, and dies. That's it. It's so jarring. Uh, he wakes up in the great beyond is what they call it. It's hell. (laughs) Um, and so most, the film then follows him trying to get back to earth and have his big break. Uh, the, one of the things that happens in this film is he gets, he sneaks out of the great beyond into like the great before. Yeah, where um, there's, like, all these, like, souls that are, like, not people yet, and they're trying to figure out what kind of person they're gonna be. Right. This uh, is a wild concept. It's really, it's it's an interesting idea. It's, like, it they it's where your soul gets imprinted with, like, your personality traits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he meets a soul 22, I believe? 32? Yeah. 22, yeah. Anyway, 20, it's, it's voiced by Tina Fey. Um Ugh. And this is the, like, big, this is, like, the sticky part of this movie for me, where I'm not, I don't know how I feel about Soul. And I wish, I want to tell you, I love Soul and it was beautiful. I love Soul and it was beautiful, but, uh, they make a joke early on in the movie with 22 where, like, where Joe is like, why do you sound like a middle-aged white woman? Because it's Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I don't sound like this because it's it's like all paracausal, like, you know, nothing's real, whatever, you know? Um, yeah. She's like, I choose to sound like this because it's annoying. And it's like, well, yeah, and you're also voiced by Tina Fey. So that's like they make that Even more annoying. They make that joke. And I feel like it's to try and cover up for themselves because later on, uh, Joe and 22 uh, through hijinks ensuing again, end up back on Earth. Joe ends up in the body of a cat and... 22 ends up in the body of Joe. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's, and I'm not even saying the story that they did with it, with like that body swap is bad, but it's like, it's weird that this black character is now voiced by Tina Fey for like 40% of it, because you quickly find out that whenever Joe talks to someone else, it sounds like him and you Mm -hmm. get a few scenes of that. And whenever his body is talking to the cat, it sounds like 22. So like, he talks to like his mom and they show us that scene with like his voice. Yeah. Um, but it's just like animation has a hard time letting black characters just be black. Uh, which mm-hmm. is like uh, historically, like I don't like there, you got princess and the frog, you got like Shrek having like Eddie Murphy, like people vo- like, it, it's just like historically like black voice actors end up as animals Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. <laughs> you don't get to see them. Yeah, and it's like Spies in Disguise came out this year too, which has Will Smith as a pigeon the whole movie. Yep. Like. Yep, yep, yep. Um and so it's just like a big sticking point for me that like the first Disney Pixar film with a black lead, like pro- not protagonist isn't the right word. Um like has this like really weird point because it they could have they could have just not had Tina Fey. It could have been a black woman voicing it or a black it could have been a black any anyone black like yeah that's yeah uh oh god i just forgot her name from ghostbusters ooh ooh 
Oh my god. It starts with an L. It's not Leslie. Is it Leslie? It, is it Leslie? All right, you keep um, talking. I'm going to look it up. Uh, um, but I know who you mean. But they could have had, like, there are pretty black women comedians out there that could have been the voice for this, like, unborn soul. Um, there's been a lot of talk back and forth because, like, the unborn soul isn't a white person technically, like, in the fiction. And I'm like, but that's not, like, I live in the real world, though. Like, I understand this is a story. And they made a choice yeah. for this story. And they made a choice to the cast in this story. Yeah. Um, from what I recall for the writer's room, like there was one black person and two white guys. The original concept for Soul was written by two white guys. Um, Mm -hmm. because originally it was going to be, from what I can understand, they make no mention of race, which usually means white. It was going to be a story about a white actor in LA. Uh, and they sort of changed it into this without giving, like there wasn't, like there was clearly not some thought given. Yeah. Um, I looked it up. It's Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. Like, they could, like that, that would have been, been great. Yeah. She's hilarious. That would have been really good. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, like, rough because, like, the animation's beautiful. It, yeah, it has some really kind of, like, experimental CGI animation. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting. I think the soundtrack was really good. Oh, so good. Uh, the soundtrack is... Uh, so the jazz compositions were by John Bet... Bet... The, sa- the jazz compositions are by John Batiste, and then uh, the soundtrack, like the non-jazz music, essentially were by uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross from Nine Inch Nails. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is wild. <laughs> it's absolutely fucking wild. Um, yeah, the soundtrack is so haunting. There's like a couple like very unsettling bits to it. It can be more uplifting too, but it's like very simplistic. When it's not jazz, the jazz is also beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's like in like the soul world and it's just like little planks, like boop, 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 it's like very good. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, so it's like it's really good. They did some amazing stuff with hair. Like that's really important yeah. for me as a black person. Like the hair looks incredible. There's a whole scene in like a barbershop that's spot on. Like what it's like to be in a black barbershop. Like it's they did. A lot of incredible things, but just doing that one thing with 22 and because, like, they could have gone to Earth and she could have been in the cat, I feel like, and they could have done something similar, you know? Uh, yeah. So it's just like pretty rough. And then it also felt like her teaching him how to live, which is that's like the point. And I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying it's rough to have like this white woman piloting his body teaching him how to be a better person yeah there's like a couple scenes where it's like she's better at being him than him and it's like mm. it's it makes it sticky and it makes it hard for me like yeah. it's like uh i had um some black folks reach out on twitter like ask me what i thought of the movie or like make a thread like black mutual stance or whatever and i was like i liked it but and i wish i didn't have to say but yeah it would have been so easy for that butt to not be there. Tina Fey is also a terrible choice. Yeah. Like, can we just stop giving her work? Yeah, she's oof, well, she she's on record to justify blackface. Maybe she shouldn't there's be in couple, this movie. Yeah, there's a couple episodes of Thirty Rock that are not in circulation because of blackface, um, and then Yellowface as well. It's mm-hmm. just like she it's really messy and not a good choice for this movie in particular. Yeah. Um. In terms of how Soul did, where it released for box office, uh, 
It grows 7 million from 10 countries, including 5.5 million from China uh, for its opening weekend. The top grossing countries uh, were China, with ended up taking about 26 million, Taiwan, 2 million, Vietnam, about 800,000. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it most theaters that are open and doing box office stuff are in Asian markets where they handled this better. <laughs> Where they got a hold on this and can go places. There's like a guy I went to college with who's like, you know, he was from Taiwan and he mm-hmm. went back home. And he's just out doing stuff. And I'm just like, wow. Wow. This, What's it this like? Nice. Yeah. It's like, he's like, oh, celebrating my daughter's birthday. And I'm like, wow. That's, that looks like fun. Wow. Outside. No mask. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh after its release, uh, research from the Screen Engine, which researches, like, subscriptions and stuff, uh, reported that 13% of all viewers have subscribed to Disney Plus in the last week to watch the film after its release. Wow. Uh, it over... Uh, blah, blah, blah. And they also found that Soul was among the most watched straight-to-streaming titles of 2020. Um, the only things above it were Hamilton and <laughs> Wonder, Wonder Woman 1984. I don't remember 1984. But Wonder Woman 1984 could have been good, but it wasn't. It's so, so. bad. It, but I mean, Soul taking that spot, it, not a lot of, a lot of stuff came out straight to streaming, but not a lot of big stuff. So it <laughs> pretty much like the three big things were Hamilton, Soul, and Wonder Woman 1984 from last year. So yeah, it's expected to be in that. Like I would expect to be in the top three. It didn't have to be, so I'm glad it is. Yeah, I think that in the long run is very good. Um, because, like, out, Outward, is it is the movie called Outward? Onward. Onward. <laughs> Onward was initially released in theaters, but, like, at the worst possible time. And yeah. it was also just kind of unceremoniously dumped on um, <laughs> Disney+. Plus. Yeah, they were like, and, it's in theaters. And it was like, I remember it came out, and a co-worker went to see it, with because one of my co-workers has kids, and he went to see his kids, he was like, it was amazing. I was like, oh, cool. I really want to check it out. I'll go next week. <laughs> Guess what happened next week, everybody? <laughs> March 15th, the shutdown. God, it's going to, can you, I, I don't know what I'm going to do when it's March again and still March. I know, it's like, both, like, March just, like, never ended and is also happening again. That's, that's, so. that's going to be, we're going to, that's our five, that's our five Wednesday month. We're going to have to buckle up. <laughs> Big boy paycheck. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. That's, that's my thoughts on soul i feel like i've talked a lot and i know brenda you're probably like mm-hmm. i should austin says but i don't what how do you feel about soul i think um i think it was really gorgeous i feel like the tina fey thing was like incredibly egregious like even before we talked about it i was just like oh dear i remember you like, text me you're like so i watched soul and i was like yeah how was it you're like i you should watch soul <laughs> yeah i was like i we'll talk about it um like i think there was like a lot of beauty to it um i found myself kind of comparing soul and um coco oh yeah just a little bit Mm -hmm. just because like coco is like you know like the subject matter something i'm very familiar with so Mm -hmm. like i was like just kind of comparing mostly just like the thematic and like the the viewpoints on like the afterlife yeah hey could we get a movie about a brown person that they don't fucking die yeah and it's like (laughs) coco is definitely like more it's like a more positive it's like you know like as long as you remember someone, like, they're still there. Like, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. It's a very positive, like... And it has... I, It has its issues. Don't... I know. Um, but it's, like, definitely more positive. Like, you, you just never really lose people. Like, yeah. uh, soul is a lot more... Um, ooh, what's the word? <laughs> it's a lot more... 
Um, wow, can't God, I'm very good at this. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a lot more like uh, existential. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, more like questioning, like about like what is your purpose and mm-hmm. like what does life mean so yeah. much which i think there's definitely like a place for movies like that and i'm mm-hmm. not saying pixar can't be the one to do it but i also think that releasing it on christmas was a very bad idea yeah it's really i mean it wasn't a bad idea in the it's like run, not it did very well. i don't think it's a kid's movie no i'd say like 10 and up and like that's even what i have um my mom's cousin's husband um works at pixar and like worked on this film and mm-hmm. like he's just like no like i'm not gonna show it to he's got a five-year-old and he's like no, i'm not gonna show it to my kids uh not my kid not yet uh i'd say like 10 and up just because like there's a lot of like complicated subject themes yeah and, like, like the, the whole but the, the the concept of like so in the great beyond you die and there's like two you can either go train an unborn soul and then go to the great beyond or just go right to the great beyond and all we see of it is like this like white mass of like souls becoming energy, I assume. Yeah, they just like blip out. Like it's and go up like this conveyor belt and blip out. There's like these uh I think they're called caretakers or something. Uh their designs are very cool. Their designs are very that. cool. They're like these flat 2D things that are in charge of like taking care of the afterlife. Um but it's like like because the whole concept is like he's dead. And what he's supposed to do is go join the Great Beyond. Uh, I won't give away what ends up hap- as things resolve. Uh, I think I enjoy the last scene. Like, the what the kind of... Because the last scene in a lot of these movies are, like, kind of the message they're trying to get a takeaway. Um, mm-hmm. And the last scene... Uh, I won't say the fate of Joe, but Joe gets a monologue as, like, his last scene. Um, yeah. Like, narrated over what you're watching. Uh, and he just talks about essentially like trying to live your life to the fullest and not, they have a really good, uh, dialogue between purpose, spark and passions. Cause I feel like sometimes those things can get conflated, right? Yeah. Uh, cause the whole idea is like unborn souls have to find their spark and then they're ready. And Joe sees spark as like your purpose for being. And the movie's like, well, is your spark your purpose or is the spark like why you get up in the morning? Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's a wrong way to view that. If your if your spark for life is also like your passion and like what you think you're, that's fine. But I think it's an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's totally right. Um, Sorry, I'm just thinking about this movie now, and I'm yeah, just yeah. It's it's <sighs> very, and I feel like being an adult and watching it is like, especially being an adult in a pandemic. Me and Brenda both turned thirty this year. It's like very mm-hmm. like, oh no, man. <laughs> Yeah, like, there's, like, a part during the beginning when, like, uh, Joe and 22 um, are, like, looking through, like, the instances of, like, Joe's life. It's, like, mm-hmm. a little museum of, like, what he has done did while he was alive. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of it's just, like, kind of him, like, sitting around and he's just like, wow, this is really sad. And, like, I'm watching this and it's just like, I am bedridden a lot. I have a disability. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like kind of like thinking about like the content and i was i was watching this movie yesterday when i was bedridden so like that's probably what i was thinking about it but it's just like contextualizing like what would my museum look like it would be a lot of laying in bed and watching tv and you know i don't know where i'm going with this that's just kind of like what was going through my head at the time <laughs> i feel like your museum would have uh you on the floor at yoma screaming 
<laughs> um, us watching Jagak the Ripper, yeah. uh, making this <laughs> podcast memory. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, your old job because you were a local yeah. celebrity. <laughs> I was a local celebrity. I still can't. I cannot express to you, everybody. I'm like still meeting people who know Brenda. <laughs> that I that I didn't that like don't know that I know Brenda. <laughs> I've met like like four or five people on Twitter that are, in my opinion, very cool and pretty prominent in like their sp- perspective, like comic or game scene. And Brenda's like, yeah, I've been friends with them for eighteen years. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I know so and so. Like, you know, the, we were lived in the same town like yeah, yeah whatever cool like brenda just like fucking knows people like how she was just like oh yeah i know someone who works at pick like brenda just fucking knows people like i'll tell people about how like like oh yeah i heard about uh this thing like where'd you hear about that and i'll be like oh from brenda where brenda here well i probably shouldn't tell you where brenda heard it from because she just knows people <laughs> <laughs> brenda knows things i hoard knowledge yeah i feel like it's like very like if you are uh, questioning your place in the world, maybe don't watch this movie, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, right now, I think, and I know they had no idea what would happen because they start making these, like, years and years and years in advance. Mm-hmm. Like, one of these movies takes, like, I think it's, like, four years. They might have it a little faster at this point. Yeah. But, like, four years-ish to make. So it's, like, they had no clue, like, at all <laughs> that this was the environment this movie would be coming out in. Um that like we would all be like stuck inside our houses and um maybe contemplating like life in general like you know just like what are we here to do because mm-hmm. everything's turned on its head um i don't know how different i would feel about this movie if it had come out if there was no pandemic yeah if you have disney plus watch it i guess yeah it's it's worth the the time it takes to watch it if you have disney plus i don't know if you get disney plus just for this there's a lot of cool stuff on disney plus though um yeah kim possible's on disney plus just saying recess sister sister wait no sister sister's on netflix yep recess it's, never mind never mind recess is on disney <laughs> plus twitches is on yeah. disney plus which is also tnt yeah. era so um yes. if it was like a theatrical release and i had to go pay for it in theater i'd probably see it because i probably would have just like gone opening weekend but i'd probably be like mm-hmm. mm, might want to i don't know if you want to give them money for putting tina fey yeah it's like i guess at this point all we can hope is that they like this movie was successful so that was good but mm-hmm. like I, next time they have to do better yeah and they have to try to do better i just that's, i just hope they do better that, that's all we can hope for right now yeah i hope we, yeah. i hope the world does better i know i'm i hope i hope we get two thousand dollars soon hey <laughs> hey so, as we're recording this, yesterday was the inauguration. Hey, hey, Joe. Yes. Hey, Joe. Where's my hey, fucking Joe. money? <laughs> Joe, t- you owe me $2,000, Joe. I wish Joe Biden a very pleasant owing me $2,000. Yes, I saw that this morning. I was like, yes. And then, like, Bernie just sat in a chair and everyone's just like, oh, my God, Bernie's in a chair. Holy shit. Because Bernie was clear. Bernie clearly was like. Bernie was the cousin who comes over for the party, but never takes his coat off. He was, like, separated, which is understandable. We are in a pandemic, yeah. and I think everyone yesterday was too close to each other. Yeah, Bernie anyway, was, like, was in like, his own corner, in his coat. He pulled in a his, chair <laughs> off to the side. In his coat, in his mask, he had, like, a manila envelope that I can only assume is all the stuff he actually wanted to get done that day. Yeah. Um, he has these gloves that he got from the, was it a teacher in Vermont made for yeah. him? 
they're like just handmade knitted gloves and he's got like a big winter coat. He's not dressed up. He's no. sitting in this chair he's like, with a mask on. I thought we were gonna work today, so I yeah, I came dressed to work. So We have a lot of things <laughs> to do actually. Why this is yeah. going on quite long. <laughs> yeah, it's God, the inauguration went on forever. Yeah. I, was, I didn't watch the whole thing. I was watching parts of it and I watched when Joe Biden was speaking and I was mm-hmm. like Hey, man, you've been talking. Like, he started talking before he was officially president before noon and got done at, like, 1220. And I was like, you talk for a real fucking long time, man. Yeah, that's when I got stuck in a chair yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, oh, no, I'm here. I'm stuck in this chair. I'm going to have to watch the whole inauguration. I'm stuck in a chair and he hasn't given me $2,000 yet. (laughs) Give me the money. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. Where's, hey, hey, Joe. Where's my where's my fucking money? It's now been yeah. uh, twenty. It's been you've been present for twenty four hours, and I've not. If I don't get off this recording, and there's not an alert that I'm gonna get some money, I got an email for you. Yeah. Well, at least we got. I mean, the student loans is done, so that's good till yeah. September thirtieth. I mean, they're not gone, but like we no. don't have to make any payments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until September thirtieth. And interest is zero. Yeah. So. Because I just I've been putting off calling them to get my payment plan set back up after. <laughs> last thing so we don't have to make that phone call yeah oh man we gotta do taxes don't say that to me (laughs) i hate i I hate taxes (laughs) but yeah that's uh i gotta stop calling conan jgack the i don't know the name jgack the ripper i don't know (laughs) that's what the movie is oh okay it's like i mean it's It's essentially phantom of conan gay jack the ripper (laughs) jack the ripper it's so good. I look. I was looking up like, cause like you know maybe someone wants to watch this movie and doesn't want to um, pirate it because watching any Conan media is like very difficult. Mm-hmm. Like it's it is impossible in America. Let me just say that it's not impossible. But it's impossible. You, you know what I mean. Anyway, I was like, oh, I know Funimation released a DVD, and I'm like, oh, how much does that DVD cost? Eight hundred dollars. Two hundred. Oh my fucking god! I was joking. No, I was like, I was like, oh, I'd really like to own the DVD for Captured in Her Eyes, which is another one that I really like, and that one is one hundred forty nine dollars. What is? Is it just the movie? It yeah, it's just out of print. Let me check eBay. <laughs> I don't care if it's out of print. If they have copies still, it doesn't cost more to give you copies they have. I know. Let's see. Uh, Family Baker Street. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Street. DVD. Let's see. Okay, well, eBay will give it to me for 42 Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jeez. Please, Funimation, send me one as PR. You have to have one in the warehouse somewhere. I know someone forgot a copy in their desk. Yeah. Uh, but that... Uh, if you want to watch Soul, just hop on that there Disney Plus. Uh, you don't have to pay any extra. I'm like, oh, we had to pay extra to see fucking Mulan. And we'll have to pay extra to see uh, Raya as well. Will we? Yep. That is also going to be under the extra tier. So I'm like, hey, that's a that's a trend now for Asian women leads. So what's, what's fucking up, Disney? Yeah, it's like, hey, why was this like big Pixar movie the first 
Ugh. Yeah, that's... Uh, Why did that not have to cost... I mean, I, they probably just did it because they were like, we have to compete with Wonder Woman. But like, still, it's also like, hey, there's a correlation developing Disney. Well, I mean, hey. uh, Netflix is releasing a movie every week this year. Uh, just Wow. And HBO Max, every uh, Warner Brothers property that comes out in theater will come out on HBO Max. Also, no extra cost. So Disney Plus better watch the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, Disney, you gotta like get on that and like look at like what what everyone else is doing or like you're gonna lose people yeah like pretty quick i mean like hbo max has um anime movies now yeah they got promare so promare i was good i was thinking promare but um let me tell you the truth i did not know how to say promare so thank you (laughs) is it promare uh yeah pro pro program uh (laughs) promare it's promare pomade that's promare (laughs) Hey, 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 Brenda. Yes. I love you. I love you too. Hey, hey, listener. I love you too. I love you. I love you, listener. All of you listeners. No, you specifically. You. There. In the chair. Yeah. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I love you. (laughs) And hey, you. Doing your dishes. I'm very proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Uh... Yeah, let's. I think the movies are all done. We gotta go find our car. I don't remember where I parked. What? I was doing a bit, like oh. we were leaving the. Yeah, <laughs> it's a no. It's fine. Every, just, no, 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 like, no. Austin, what the hell? No, no, no. It's fine. No, it's good. It's all right. Uh, it's fine. I haven't been to a theater in so long. I forgot the experience. No, it's okay. I was. I thought I was like gonna get my key. It's. It's. You know what? We're gonna. Bye, everybody. Bye. I'm not cutting out that. I'm not cutting it out. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, it's it's gonna, staying in. Completely with that biff. With the biff. With the biff. With the biff. I'm gonna stop recording now. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe 3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. That's all. Ever again. Um, that's it. Oh, that's all I have to say. Unless somebody here has dropped us one of no. the favorite characters, and I'm no. very sorry. No. But we can't listen to you anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs>